All right. Uh, can anyone tell me the Pythagorean theorem? Uh, it's a squared plus b squared equals c. Hey, everybody! I'm the new kid! My name's Brian! I like to skateboard! Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red-letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker, and we're joined by the other Alex. And Parker, you've won. Is that what you wanted to hear? You've won. You, you convinced me, all right? Because when I started this podcast, I thought, you know what? This would be a, a pretty good way to convince Parker to get into some classic movies, maybe some foreign movies, maybe even an indie movie here. But no, nothing. I, I don't get any of that. Whenever I talk about a black and white movie, you're like, oh, fuck Chris. Yeah, I mean, he's talking. I'm just going to snore. I'm going to play some fucking Pong or whatever. Who cares, all right? Because now I've waited in line for a 2018 Star Wars spinoff movie. You know what's worse? Hey, Mer- I enjoyed what's it. That, but- Hey, remember that time watching the movie, not waiting two in comic book movies back to back? One of them you marathoned like ten beforehand, and then you saw Star Wars. How's your month going? The month's almost over. The month's oh, almost yeah. over. I, I will find respite in the summer. What could possibly go wrong with summer movies? Well, what if there was a world in the Jurassic period? Oh, God. <laughs> you awful, awful people. I, what is wrong with you? I, I, I've been so nice. I, I've watched all the things what? you've told me to. I, I've, I've, I've enjoyed the movies that you've shown to me of my own volition. This isn't even Stockholm syndrome. And you do this it to turns me. Turns out the Star Wars was in your heart all along, Chris. I was just here to open up the door for you. Shut the fuck up. Okay. Do you have any news? <laughs> How's your regular day going? Uh, it's, it's, it's a hot one. <laughs> Another scorcher? Yep. Cool. <laughs> I don't have any news because I just can't wait to hear about how much you love Solo. Oh, damn. Uh, I do actually have some recently watched uh, I'd like to get through. So, if uh, I've got a couple. All right. Uh, let me let me load it up first here. I was looking at the <clears> Solo <throat> uh, trivia. There wasn't really anything interesting there. So, give me a sec here. Everything was fucked, and they refilmed it. And Ron Howard can't do action. Don't worry about Not it. Not with that attitude. Okay, so I watched... I've seen Ron Howard movies. <laughs> I've seen The Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> you yes, recorded man. about that. Okay. You sure did. Alright, so I watched, uh, well, three movies, not including Solo, and they're all in black and white, so get ready. Right. Uh, two of them from 1949. The first one is a Japanese movie called Late Spring. Now, I could talk about how much I love this movie and how I like this movie even better than A Tokyo Story, which is by the same director. It's part of the Noriko trilogy, and it's all about Japanese uh, sense of duty and honor and familial respect and social mores and everything. I could talk about all that, but instead what I'm going to do is insert a clip from Mystery Science Theater 3000 where they talk about no theater. Hello and konnichiwa. Tonight we present a traditional Japanese kabuki play. 
Translated to English, this ancient work is entitled Neil Simon's The Sunshine Boys. Now, how many of you are familiar with Japanese theater? Anyone want to feel this one? Mm. or? Uh... Ah, yes, sir. And do you enjoy kabuki theater? Uh, actually, I prefer no theater. Well, then why did you raise your hand? Because I like no theater. No plays are my favorite. So you don't like any theater at all? <laughs> no, let me explain. No theater is classic Japanese drama. No plays have been produced since the What's... 13th century, and no actors are revered, even today. What, what, why are you dissing Japanese theater? What's your deal, man? <laughs> no, no, wait a minute. No theater started in Japan. Oh, so now you tell us Japan doesn't have any theater whatsoever. Uh, they have lots of theater, including no theater. So they have lots of theater, and they have no theater. Exactly. What? No theater. Yes. What? what? No theater. N-O-H. N-O-H, huh? Jeez. Well, there, you just gone and shown what an idiot you are. I'll, I'll handle this, Tom. Calm down. Mike, I'm going to ask you a series of simple questions which even a cretin like you could answer yes or no. Tom. Now, is there theater in Japan? Yes. Good. And do you have a particular favorite type of Japanese theater? Yes. Well, good. Now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> Mike, will you tell me the name of your favorite form of Japanese theater? No. Why not? Why not what? And why won't you tell me your favorite Japanese theater? I just did. Did what? I told you my favorite form of Japanese theater. You did? Yes. Well, will you tell me again? Yes. No. Oh, come on! Mike, I'm gonna grab a stepladder so you can jump up my butt. May we do our little kabuki play now? Yeah. Go ahead, but remember I like no theater more than I like kabuki theater. I thought you didn't like kabuki! I do! <laughs> you gotta mess with him every now and then. We'll be right back. I get it, Mike. What was your favorite droid in that movie? Which movie? Shut. Okay, please. <laughs> I... I thought the Japanese invented androids. Like, okay, there are be at least one, right? There are no there are no giant robots in Late Spring. What about regular sized robots? <laughs> None of those. Either. It's, it's 1949, so what this about, is what US about humanoid Japan. robots that do Abraham Lincoln impressions? Okay. <laughs> That doesn't happen in Solo a Star Wars. Man. Movie. You can't fool me. All right. <laughs> uh, another movie I watched, 1949's All the King's Men. This is actually a pretty good movie. Uh, it, it, it's got an Academy Award winner. I forget the gentleman's name. I think he was also in uh, 12 Angry Men. And it's good. It kind of reminds me of Citizen Kane in the sense that it's, you're watching this man grow to power. He starts off as a well-intentioned man who really just wants to do good for everyone, but then he gets corrupted by power. Uh, I actually highly recommend this one. I also recommend the book, so uh, if you want to read a book with words and no pictures, go ahead for it. And in theaters, I watched with the other Alex, 1953's From Here to Eternity, one about a bajillion Oscars. It's got Burt Lancaster, Montgomery Clift, Ernest Borgnine, Frank Sinatra won an Oscar for it, Donna Reed, Deborah Kerr. Star-studded, really, really great movie. And guys, before we were recording, we were talking about a certain Robert Pattinson movie. Uh, a rom-com. <laughs> What's the name of that movie? I, I don't remember it. <clears throat> I honestly can't remember. I it's just know what it is. It's Remember oh, Me. Man, that's even better. <laughs> Sorry, Alex, say it again. Remember Me. Oh, jeez, are you serious? Okay, well, anyway. Yeah, so it's a rom-com, and uh, I'm going to have to spoil it here. It's, uh... <laughs> That movie's wild. It's like, oh, you know, typical Robert Pattinson rom-com, want to see that guy from Twilight, and then it turns into a 9-11 movie at the third act. Uh, you say that's... that like the entire last half hour is just 9-11 No, it's it's the last three minutes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's the, 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 it's the most incredible thing I've ever heard of. Now, From Here to Eternity starts off uh, in Hawaii, 
1941. Oh my god. Now, it, it tells you at the very beginning, <laughs> Hawaii, 1941. And we're going along, Nothing we're going along, we're watching the movie. The movie's great, okay? First of all, this is a really, really good movie. You can see why it won all the Oscars. It's actually very good. And it's one of the most honest movies I've ever seen because you could tell the army hated it, and for good reason, because it was a little too accurate in their portrayal of how human beings interact in this sort of thing. And it's well-structured and well-edited. I, I love everything about it. And then the movie goes along, and then it gets to the third act. And... Uh, you see someone, it's, it's written on the board or a calendar somewhere, it says December 6th, 1941. And Sid Alex, no reaction, that says December 7th, 1941, and she and you could just see the reaction of her face, she's like, oh, 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 oh no, oh no, oh no. And just realizing, oh, it's that kind of movie. And uh, <laughs> that, it was kind of worth it just for that reaction. I'm not trying to uh, like shit on her because I, I think she was not the only person in the audience who recognized it that way. Also, I could be wrong. Maybe she was. Maybe she knew it before and, and forgot about it until she saw December 7, 1941. But uh, who boy, that is that's one that sneaks up on you if you do not remember the day. And if you do not remember, then you are not honoring our troops. Happy Memorial Day, Parker. What did you watch? Oh wait, one more. Hold on. One more. Oh Jesus. Oh, one sec, Alex. You said you you, you said you watched uh, all the King's Men. Yes, I did. At the oh, end no. of it, did they finally figure out how to put Humpty Dumpty back together again? No, he was shot and killed. So I was sitting on that Halle for like Berry five minutes while I let you talk. Yeah, did yeah. Halle Berry do anything in that one either? <laughs> Fucking idiot! <laughs> Fucking promise me Channing Tatum. I'm still so mad. <laughs> Most horrendous bait and switch in my life. Oh man. Okay. Uh, the one other thing I watch is not a movie at all. It is uh, an episode of Tales from the Crypt. I've been really busy because we had the French Open at work, so that kind of limits Ooh. what I can do. So I had to go um, outside yesterday. Ugh. Excuse me for getting paid. <laughs> all right, so I watched the episode. I don't remember what it is, and it has Miguel Ferrer in it, which is what matters. And Correct. this episode is well known to me, mostly because I read your review of it before I watched it. It's a really, really, really good review. It's on Terrible Blog and that makes me laugh hysterically, and it's fairly accurate. Now, the one thing I would disagree with is I think I liked it a little bit more. First of all, I think we can all agree, Miguel Fair, best part of the episode. Best part of the show so far. Like, holy shit. But, uh, I can see where you're coming from, that there's a lot of my stupid, cheating, bitch, whore wife in this, and a whole lot of episodes. But, oh, buddy. Yeah. You don't even know. Yeah, I know. Wait till you get to season seven. It's just a bunch of poorly filmed Canadian backlots about their cheating goddamn whore fucking slut wife. Yeah. And maybe a werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, there's a whole lot of that in these episodes. Unfortunately, uh, I, you know, the fact that it hasn't occurred that much means I'm like, okay, I'm kind of in. And I can see why people were writing about that a lot in the 1950s. I'm sure that was like a big thing. Now, uh... To regular brains back in the 50s. Oh, yeah. They Not were... at all scared of black men taking their wives. Exactly. We Just haven't we haven't seen regular dudes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> overall, you were you were right about describing the model. She is incredibly unfairly attractive. And uh, I, I don't know. I laughed a couple times. And overall, I, I like the story more than I like the story in a bunch of other episodes. Like, let's be honest. All Through the House is a very good episode, but the story isn't really that great. It's all about like the little details that they have in there. It's more about the execution. Here, I, I kind of like the story. I like the dialogue. And part of it is because, you know, Miguel Ferris is doing a lot of heavy lifting, you know? I mean, his opening thing right there, that whole opening scene, which is one of the best things that Tessa Crypt has done so far, like, no one else is going to be able to do that. Like, no one in history. But he does a really good job of it. So I will defend that episode maybe a little bit more than you do. 
His delivery when he takes that guy out to the grave he's dug is incredible. You know, he could have said anything after What About the Ten Commandments, and it would have been great, but for him to just say, fuck it, and just shoots him, that's, you know what? Thank you, Miguel. He's like, remember the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not cover the neighbor's wife. And the guy in the grave's like, what about thou shalt not kill? He just looks at him and goes, ah, fuck it. And then he just shoots him to death and buries him. He gets killed by the guy from Blank Check. So cool. How dare you? <laughs> Future episode. Blank check coming soon to you. Oh, you, you tag team in that with Dunstan checks in? Oh, I will do <laughs> it. I will do Mr. both of those back to back. Do not even play me. I will get the other Alex to help out. 90 score spot. Alex, what did you watch? That girl so... almost fucked that kid because he had a million dollars. Hi, I'm Fat and 40. I'll be your live in servant. <laughs> He's telling that kid he's got a body of a Greek Adonis or some shit. It's like that kid is eight. <laughs> We're still talking about the monkey movie, right? <laughs> Don't talk to me about Jason Alexander that way. <laughs> Look, Roseanne tweets were very unfortunate, but we don't need to get political on here. <laughs> got him. <laughs> oh, Somebody God. had to do it. Anyway, um, so I was on a plane for 23 hours, so I ended up watching a lot of movies. Nice. I watched the, uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy for the first time. Oh. So that was something. What'd Heroin. What did you think? I, there was, like, two good movies in there, and then everything that happened in Fellowship. Like, it was fine. You know, I'm, I'm definitely, agree. I'm actually more of a fan Fellowship. of Fellowship, but I know I'm kind of in the minority on that one. I like yeah, well, the Well, first of all, the, of the, the Gandalf-Saruman fight scene is a thing. Uh, that's like one of the f- five funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> that's uh, true. Right. I have to admit, I was kind of c- like chuckling in the theater. No, like the big problem with Fellowship was like you could tell that there were spots that the book was supposed to fill in. And like as somebody that's only read like the first 200 pages of that book, like I'm like, who the fuck is this dwarf? Why is he here? Like I he just shows up. He's like, oh, now I'm fighting with you guys. I'm like, okay, sure. I've read the first like, book twice. The movie's a lot better. Honestly, it, here's here's my thing about it. Tolkien was great at describing some things and straight up did not try on a bunch of other things. If any of our fans are listening, you're a big Tolkien fan, tell me what a Barrow White is. And do not tell me, oh, it lives in the Barrow Downs, because then I ask where the Barrow Downs is, and you just tell me it's where the Barrow White lives. Fuck Tolkien for that shit. That's fucking dumb. That checks out. Have you ever tried to watch the extended edition, Chris? Uh, I did, and I gotta tell you, I think I prefer the theatrical cut, because during the extended edition, they're like, the elves are leaving. And I was like, oh... Is this going to tie into anything later? And no, it's it just kind of happens. And no one cares. I got an hour into Fellowship and they were still in the Shire, and I never finished yeah. it. I, I look, I, I love the first movie. It's like that to me is like when fantasy really started working. But it also came out like a year after the Dungeons and Dragons movie with Jeffrey Irons. Yeah. <laughs> or Jeremy Irons. Jeremy <laughs> Irons. Sorry. <laughs> really, really big corner to turn there for that entire genre. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's like a year after that. It's like, well, you know what? That is a pretty big jump. Sorry, Alex. What else did you watch? Um, so while I was in Singapore, which is near Korea. Oh, I, uh, I know where that is. I know where that is. <laughs> I, I watched a Korean found footage horror movie called Ganjim Haunted Asylum. Ooh. Where, do it. so the gimmick actually worked really well because everybody had GoPros instead of cameras. So there was zero shaky cam. So there was like none of that bullshit. Um, and like, it, it was just, it was very well filmed in the sense that like, they did a very good job of using the fact that most of it was in like character perspective to generate suspense. Like you'd see like, you'd see like some like half naked humanoid type thing on the other side of the room, and like you know at some point that that dude's gonna come like running at the person with the camera. Oh yeah. But you get you get the slow pan away to the doorknob as like the character starts backing away, and the slow pan back, and the guy hasn't moved, 
and the slow pan of the door, and like it's just like it's like come on, get on with it. I know this guy's gonna run at her. Like come on, like it's it does a very good job with that. And I also like I don't know how much was of this was intentional, but I thought the fact that it was like subtitled in a foreign language added a little something to it. So I was I don't know if I'm right about this, and I assume that I'm not super super spoilery when I say this not that it's gonna matter because who the fuck is gonna watch this Korean found footage movie but um so like they're, they're like they set up you know the background of this asylum it's like oh like the like all these patients died and the asylum director went missing and then you know the whole thing is like they're in there with like a film crew and stuff and like the director of the film crew is like you know bossing them around like putting them in situations where they could like be in danger mm-hmm. and like the subtitles keep referring to him as the captain rather than the director and I like in my mind I'm like oh the movie's trying to be cute they don't want to say the word director so you don't make the parallel but maybe it's just like a quirk of language and I can't tell if I just like mind fucked myself and I think this movie was better than it was for that reason but uh no I actually really recommend it like I thought it was really good now Alex um, I got a question real quick do you think that we'll see more go like GoPro movies in the future and if so do you think that'd be a good thing for the industry I mean, I've seen so many bad found footage movies that it's hard for me to say is blank good for the horror industry. It's hard for that answer to ever be yes. That's a good point. But the way they used it, because like they have like the like the mastermind guy who's like running a web show, like switching between like their point of views and stuff, and it was really really well executed. Like I I I was expecting like oh it's a, it's a found footage movie in a foreign language. This is going to be awful, and was really really impressed. Because they had like they had the the, the two way facing GoPros, so you get like close ups on their face as they were like running through things or like were scared or something, and then it would flip to the other perspective and you could see what they were seeing. I, I don't know, just it. I can't imagine you know some shitty American movie with like a three million dollar budget recreating something this well. So for that reason, I would lean no to, the, to answer your question. Mm-hmm. But this was this was impressive. I really enjoyed this. Found footage is always so tricky, because with every other horror movie, you can put one on, and within ten minutes go, oh, this looks and sounds like utter dog shit. Yeah. But every found yep. footage movie looks the same, regardless of budget. So you're like 45 minutes in, you're like, oh shit, this is actually bad, but I've already committed. Yep. And my <laughs> autism won't let me turn it off. Mm-hmm. Other than that, um, I watched Roadhouse again, which is still... Yeah. I mean, hey, nothing and wrong with that. That's good use of your time. My... my- my favorite thing about Roadhouse is how, like, all of the little things in that movie sneak up on me every time, despite having seen it at least a dozen times. Like, with the first time you visit, like, the, the, the like, gang lord's mansion, and there's the monster truck parked out front, you're like, why the fuck does he have a monster truck? And then an hour later, you remember because he drives it through the car dealership. Like... <laughs> Seriously, though, is that dude blind? I still don't he, know. He has to be. Like, they, they call him blind, and he looks around like a blind person all the time. But also, he wins a fight with somebody. Like it's, it's <laughs> is very he daredevil. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is obviously a future episode, right? Oh, I'm hundred percent. Yeah. And naturally, after watching the great Patrick Swayze in all his glory, I then immediately followed that up with watching Point Break, which also holds up. Uh, did I watch anything else? No, I think that was it. Why bother after that? Honestly. Yeah, I, like like that was. Once you watch those two movies back to back, it's like I gotta like towel myself off for like a week. You decompress for a bit. Yeah. Uh, Parker, I watched a movie that has my second favorite piece of IMDb trivia. 
We all know that the best in history is the Master of Disguise. Obviously, with and him that in their movie total costume. <laughs> silence. <laughs> like, we all know that's the best. Nothing will ever top Turtle Club. Everyone take a moment of silence for 9 11. <laughs> but I watched a movie called Pieces. It's this foreign movie. It's dubbed over horribly. It's absurdly violent. And then the piece of trivia. You know when you scroll on on the movie's IMDb page and it'll give you one piece of trivia and see more. I scroll out and see some of the actors in this film worked again. And it caught me so off guard that I laughed for about five minutes. Like, this movie is so fucking violent. The movie ends. No one's ever going to watch this, so I'm going to tell you how it ends. The whole movie is about this guy cutting off pieces of his victims to make this giant human jigsaw puzzle. And at the very end, they find it, right? And then the thing comes alive and rips a guy's dick off and then credits roll. It's incredible. Also, there's a scene where this woman's just walking around at night. And this Asian dude just comes up and starts like doing karate at her and then passes out. And they go in the trivia and see the producer was simultaneously making kung fu films in Rome. A cameo for Bruce Lee imitator Bruce Lee was written in, even though the scene makes no sense in context to the rest of the movie. <laughs> he was just making Bruce Boitation movies. He's like, hey, come here and come scare this white lady. And they put it in the movie. It's real good. So, so, can't believe that trivia is true. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. It was a very, very good 80 minutes of my life. Now, we need to talk about Mission Impossible, and more importantly, we need to talk about poor Emilio Estevez. Oh, God. Because every other character from those movies gets brought back for every single sequel, except poor Emilio. I always forget he dies in, like, the first ten minutes of that movie, and I forgot there's a squishy sound effect when he gets crushed by the elevator. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny every single time. It, it really sucks that the worst part about watching that movie now is that you know there are sequels. Because that movie is, like, so hectic and so tense. And if you didn't know that, like, Tom Cruise was going to survive that movie, it would work so much better. Yeah, like, That's I don't a good point, think yeah. I've ever seen the whole thing start to finish. It's just one of those things that, growing up in the 90s, you just know all the beats of. Yeah. And going back and sitting down and watch it, even with 15 years of parodies of that scene of him lowering into the room on the wire... That scene is fucking incredible. Yeah. That scene is so tense all the way through, and it goes on a long time. Turns out, it's a pretty good movie. I guess that's why they made five sequels, huh? Probably. Of which, at least three are watchable. <laughs> you know what? You know what? That's, that's not a, a bad, bad hit average. Hollywood. That's a good, that's a good average. Mission Impossible 2 is next. I can't fucking wait. <clears throat> okay, so. The funniest piece of lore is that dude took Mission Impossible 2 instead of the Wolverine. <laughs> the funniest thing in the world to me. <laughs> Let's see. I watched a movie called Society, which for the first hour I thought like, oh, this is boring. I can tell where it's going. And then the last act happened. And I can tell you with full certainty, I did not expect where it was going. And I will say nothing else about it. Because if you have any interest in watching this absurd 80s body horror, you don't want to know what happens. Because goddamn. Then I barreled through some more Twin Peaks, just fucking white knuckling it trying to get to the end of season two very not good there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel i swear to god incredibly not good chris tell me about nadine on the wrestling team she is the worst that whole oh god i fucking hate that so much <laughs> he Holy said the shit. w word and here he goes 
I did. I, you know what? You got them all revved up. Couple, there, there. You guys know me. You know I'm a simple creature of habit. You know that there are certain buzzwords that'll just get me going for minutes on end. Wrestling's one like of them. Droids. Wrestling is important. <laughs> okay. Like it's this is a noble, honorable sport. Jesus wrestled. You know that he was like second team, old Jerusalem or something like that. To have I heard Jesus super didn't have frog like Nadine with a fucking eye patch on. No, no, no. You can't just do that. Okay, it doesn't work. She's using illegal moves. Yeah, but wouldn't the eye patch be a competitive advantage because she can't get poked in the eyes? You're not allowed <laughs> to poke people in the eyes. It would ruin her deception. Couple hundred hours of tape that say otherwise. I definitely watched Triple H do that with a dozen. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, you know this, what? That's... Nadine is the cerebral assassin. I'm sorry. <laughs> the only thing that could be a greater advantage for her is to wear a second eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> My senses are heightened. I'm unstoppable. Oh, don't 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 spoil it for Parker when a second Nadine clone enters and she has a different eye patch. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, I almost fell back in my chair. <laughs> now, the one thing I remember you saying about season two, other than the fact that you lying that it gets better. It does. Was either you or the other Alex mentioned, like, oh, wait till David Duchovny comes in. I, I think I was I, the one who said that. I'd she forgotten. called a spoiler. I had forgotten. Mm, yeah, Ooh, David that's Duchovny David Duchovny's plays. character, isn't it? Yeah. But it's very funny that this show from what, 20, almost 30 years ago about these simple, small-town hicks like, hey, here's Dennis. No, actually, I'm Denise. Okay, cool. And that's it. It's just done with. Meanwhile, we live in a hell world now, and people are mad about these goddamn trans ruining video games. Can you imagine if the character of Denise actually showed up on the new season of Roseanne? Oh, wait, she won't oh, get a Jesus. chance. So like, God. so was she was she referring to the Muslim Brotherhood fucking the entire planet of the apes, or like one specific <laughs> ape, or like the actual? I'm unclear planet. on the uh... the actual planet itself. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, just the movie sure or the planet? <laughs> just the movie, just the movie, just like right through one of the DVD slots. Oh my God. <laughs> I think that's it for me. Yeah, I didn't watch too much. We started Shane watching a whole bunch of true crime series, and it has that problem where you kind of space out for 20 minutes and go, oh, fuck, I don't know who these people are, but I don't want to rewind it. Oops. It's, it's a real problem. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about Solo. Hold on. Hold on. Before we get to that, okay. I, uh, you know, as an avid listener of this podcast, <laughs> I, I couldn't help but notice that uh, you guys are both losers this week with your little bets. Uh, bull... Uh, uh, you know, um, we, uh... I mean, after a tireless month and a half of being a Celtics fan, the dream ended, and I'm sorry. Never forget. Hey, look, that actually hurts me, because the Celtics tried really hard, but I'm not gonna make excuses, because everyone else is using the dumbest excuse in the world. Like, Alex, you, you watch basketball, you know more about this than I do. Everyone keeps talking about, oh, they didn't have Kyrie, they didn't have Gordon Hayward, but, like, Both they made statements. it there without him, you know? They're a pretty good team. The fact that they didn't have those, that's no excuse. Okay? The better team won. Yeah, they, they there was a lot of covering fire from that Houston performance the next night. Like, yeah. You, you kind of got bailed out for being in front of for the next six months. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, our, our good friend Parker underestimated the the, uh, the domestic gross of Solo about $50 million. So, I mean, you know what? I put my faith in normies to see a movie with a Star Wars character. 
And I will never trust a normal again. It's Ever. A strong choice. Well, I mean, now, this is the power of the hashtag. We know not my Star Wars was a really big deal. You have to respect the incels. Yeah, if I didn't. Did, if he didn't, didn't fuck plan that on robot, boycott Soylo. If he didn't fuck that incels. robot, this movie would have made fifty never million more dollars. Year in college. <laughs> I'm completely <laughs> serious. If if the articles had never used the word pansexual, you would not have that hashtag. It's so fun because you read the interview. He's like, "Yeah, sure, probably." Lando probably fucks everything. Why wouldn't yeah. he? Look yeah, at that who cake. Cares? Of course I don't know he does. What that means. <laughs> I've spent my entire adult life just assuming someone with that mustache and that cape fucked everything that came near that shit. Oh yeah. Because why wouldn't you? Anyway, why are you get... going to space bars if you're not trying to fuck <laughs> monsters? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Continue. Uh, no, okay. You're not wrong. Okay, tell you to what. Get, to get to get to the point here, it really wouldn't be fair for you guys to just crank each other in front of me. So let's play a game. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Alright, Chris, since your team lost in less embarrassing fashion than the Star Wars team, I'm gonna let you go first. In front of me, I've got I've got two movies, one behind door number one, one behind door number two. And you're gonna be watching one of these movies, huh. due to your bet loss. I talked to my good pal Parker about this, oh. and he's gonna end up with, with, with whichever movie you don't get. So... <laughs> <laughs> Man, and here I was. I, I was gonna have. I was gonna make Parker watch Greystoke, Legend of Tarzan of the Eight Men, or something. It's a really bad '80s Tarzan movie. I'll take door Man, number two. It's it's like you want to watch door number two? Holocaust. I'm taking door right. number two. Okay. Well, behind door number two, you got a, uh, a nice little 2017 prison movie called Shot Caller, starring oh Jamie Jamie Lannister with a handlebar mustache. Uh, I'm gonna have John Bernthal is involved. <laughs> of course um, he is. Actually, this movie's actually pretty good. Like, I actually really enjoyed this. Oh, lucked out. Here we go. Yeah, Fuck. you. Uh, you'll 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 enjoy this one. All right. Or will Fuck. you? Because Fuck. Parker, you can either have the movie behind door number one, or you can steal Chris's movie and he has to go back under the tree. Ooh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh man. No, I'm just gonna take number one. I have to know. I have to know what it is. <laughs> It'll eat away at me if I don't see it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> you, you, you will also be watching a prison Fuck. movie. Oh no! <laughs> no! This no, one, no, no. this one, starring a legendary action star and, one, and a world famous entertainer working side oh, by side to decommission it. a prison that God gets attacked. By a mercenary company. That's right. You're watching 2012's Maximum Conviction starring Steven Seagal and Stone Cold. I won! Uh, I did it! <laughs> oh, and I'm so glad he didn't steal mine. Oh, man. God, I wanted him to steal so badly. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I had a hunch that you throwing in the stealing thing without telling me beforehand was a longhand crank oh, that I was boy. not going to take. Oh, it was boy. a crank for one of you. It was just a matter of who. <laughs> It's a coin flip every time with you, so I took my chances. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so excited to report back. <laughs> oh, that's I'm going to have to write that down, because I think they've done like 18 movies together. Oh, have they? I can't imagine Steven. I can't I'm imagine sure that Cole being in 17 movies. I'm pretty sure this is the only one that both Steve Austin and Steven Seagal are in. But so I can double check making for history. You. Oh, I appreciate it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Looks like the only one. Awesome. So this is like a milestone in cinema, then. Yeah, basically. Hasn't happened before or since. 
<laughs> Boy, that is a cover, huh? <laughs> yeah, it is. That is a thick man. <laughs> <laughs> That is a girthy boy. Have fun, buddy. So let me. I don't know anyone else in these credits. Holy shit, boy! Shock collar. Okay. That's a lot of Russian no. names there. Shock collar is in like the the dog thing, right? No, shot collar. Oh, shot collar. Oh, I thought it was yeah. shock collar. Shot collar. Twenty seventeen. Oh my. Cross and Manning. Jesus. Fucking Christ, those are their names. What the fuck <laughs> is this? Oh my god. <laughs> Tag, plot keywords, female prisoner. Okay, guy on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> Having a normal one. I don't know almost is... anyone who's in this movie. Nicolaj, Coster Waldo. Like... Nicolaj. Oh. Jeffrey That's Donovan, like, like, I know him. I know Jeffrey Donovan. He was. You do was know Jeffrey Witch Donovan, too. actually. He was in Blair Witch Two. <laughs> I forgot he was in this. Holy shit! Everything is coming up, Millhouse. This is real good. Oh, this guy's fourth building doesn't have a picture on IMDb. That's probably good. <laughs> oh, you were on Stargate for like a decade. Oh, oh boy. No, Chris, I'm actually curious to see what you think of that movie. Because, like, I put it on expecting to be, like, some shitty fucking meat fest action movie. Mm. And it actually ended up being really, really good. Like, like, but the the second act drags a little bit. But, like, by the third act, you're just, like, super into it. Well, okay, I loaded it up on IMDb and I was like, I'll check out my plot keywords. Uh, skinhead, white prison gang, Aryan Brotherhood. That stuff that out. I expected. Yep. Also, bare-chested male, male objectification. So, other stuff yeah. I'll enjoy. Yeah. That's yeah. the good shit. Yeah. Oh, this guy took our other podcast idea. Restless here. Virgins. <laughs> <laughs> I An hope hour, you guys both learned a minutes. valuable lesson this week about gambling. Why is this well, a second Well, I guess I learned minutes? my lesson. <laughs> Director, Keone Waxman. Okay, that's a lot of Steven Seagal movies. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. That it is... all of them, isn't it? Contract to kill, mercenary, absolution, cartels, force of execution, maximum justice. <laughs> the Keeper, Anna Nicole. Sorry, what? <laughs> what? Uh, Is that a TV movie about Anna Nicole Smith? <laughs> How do you go from making the Anna Nicole movie to all these Steven Seagal movies? <laughs> because you just get to be a Russian fail son forever. Evidently. Unless. Man, we picked the wrong professions. We should just be directing Bruce Willis mumbling through movies for the next three decades until he finally dies. I feel like that market's been cornered for at least ten years, but... <laughs> hey, Liam Neeson, I got an idea for a movie. You go to a vaguely <laughs> European country, and you shoot someone. I'd watch it. Alright, are we ready to talk about Solo? I'm ready if you guys are ready. Absolutely. Now that I have this looming over me... <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and here we go. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, there was a planet known as Tatooine. And a young boy on this planet named Han Solo had his parents killed, or were they? And then he has to join up with like a little green man with a lightsaber, and he fights with Ben Kenobi or whatever. And they decide to let him oh, tire himself out. I'm not going to take Yoda. it. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, okay, yeah, fine. It's uh, yeah. Han Solo is ostensibly the coolest character in the Star Wars universe. 
Kind of but by process of elimination, but yeah. Yeah, but not anymore. Now the coolest is L3. Anyway, so he's going along. and they, they make, so excited. Okay, let's be real here for a second. Uh, Han Solo is... is, is he, he's got to be more popular than Luke Skywalker, right? I always hear that, but Probably. when I was a kid, I wanted to play with a lightsaber. See, I was the yeah, same. Yeah, I care about yeah. this schmuck with his gun. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch Indiana Jones as a kid. I yeah, Han Solo is like the coolest human on Dragon Ball Z. Like yeah. you're just exactly. like a step below. Congratulations, Krillin. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so Han Solo, he he very barely appears in um, what was it Force Awakens, and it's still kind of nice to see him. You know, it, that's one of the nice things about Force Awakens. It's like, oh, that guy again. It's it's nice seeing this. You know. But, uh, Harrison yeah. Ford looks happy to be somewhere for the first time in 15 years. That's a good point, yeah. Uh, anyway, they were like, let's give him his own movie. And this was immediately met with, uh, I'll be kind to us and say skepticism on our part. I do not think that we were excited for this movie at all. Because it's kind of fun just imagining what Han Solo was before A New Hope. You know, just like, when he says, I made the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs, or, or whatever, something like that. Just like, wow, I wonder what that is. I wonder what other crazy things he does. And just like, imagine it in your head. I don't need a whole movie for this. But they're like, Disney needs to make money. You know, we have to finance Incredibles 2 or whatever. I don't know. So they went on, they made it. And uh, originally, and this is a sticking point because I will address this. I think we have to address this in some capacity. They had uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller on to direct this. And they're going along they're making the movie they have like a whole lot of it done and they're like hey look at this neat little movie we made and someone saw it and said hey han solo was never funny why are you making a funny <laughs> movie we don't want a funny movie and they kicked them off the movie it's weird that we took the guys who made the lego movie in jump street and then they just improvised a bunch of jokes instead of using our incredible script and Clone oh, High. Like, you what know a, what, what oh these God, guys are they about. Oh, God, they did make Clone High, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, Man. that's right. Fuck, I love Clone High. You better believe there it. There was, like, an entire year of, like, I don't give a shit about this solo movie, but at least with Lord and Miller, it should be different and interesting. And funny. Again, Oops. it's like, I, one of the things I don't like about Star Wars movies is they, they're not really funny enough for me. That's the same problem I have with a lot of Marvel movies. Boy, if I have any criticism about this movie, it's that it is nowhere near funny enough. Oh, man, by the way, sidebar. Alex, how do you feel about our friend Chris saying Chris Hemsworth isn't funny? We're good at comedy. I well, yeah, uh, that'd be interesting if I had ever, in fact, said that. If only it was recorded. Excuse somewhere. me. Uh, actually, <laughs> I think we have it written down somewhere that I said that Chris Hemsworth was the only good part of the new Ghostbusters movie. Then he said he went back and watched it and you hated his scene. No, I hated his scene not because people of him. People don't forget. Not, people don't forget. Yeah, not because of him, though. He was the only one who was actually trying. Melissa McCarthy can't take back what you said. That she does. That's fine. He's, he's fine. The audio will speak the, for the, itself. The problem here is... I will uh, not Thor get Ragnarok. cranked. Wait, let's not get off track here. I don't like Thor Ragnarok. No, 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 no. Let's, let's do this. Let's have this let's, fight. Let's have this fight. <laughs> I've been waiting like a month for this. Oh, really? Oh, I forgot you're a fan. All right, I'm ready for this. What was the best joke in Thor Ragnarok? Piss off, ghost. Correct. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I don't even remember DC? That. DC, what I've been dealing with. <laughs> Just trying to keep it inside. You Just haven't been a trying regular at all, time. let's be honest here. Has, has Chris seen what we do in the shadows yet? I don't think so. No, I, don't I don't know if I want to force him to, because it's pretty no. similar humor. Yeah, but like that movie's fantastic, and everyone I know so that's good. seen it thinks it's fantastic. So if he hates it, we can just make more fun of him. Well, that's that's fair. 
Look, I, I maybe I'll get around to it at some point. Thor Ragnarok, I boy, I didn't laugh anywhere near as hard as I would have liked. You know what? Josh is on my side. It's not like Josh has any bad movie takes. So yeah, Josh, Josh, Josh who, who bought 120 fried wings from King's Wings and forces to eat them over a weekend. That's the guy that's on your side. <laughs> Alex, that's not even the worst thing that I'm talking about here. You will take that to your grave. I'm so happy. <laughs> Josh is never going to hear the end of King's Wings. A stench that could not be cleansed by shower. You don't understand, Parker. No, just side with a guy who thinks The Shining is terrible. It's fine. Look, just draw that line in the sand. I guess. Listen, I love you, Josh. But you know what you said. The good news is you we can't won't take see it back. Anyway, um... buddy, <laughs> buckle up. Are we going to talk about Solo or? Eventually. Yeah. All right. So, uh, it all starts off on Corellia, which sounds like a Final Fantasy name. It's actually a planet where it's uh, really shitty. It kind of looks like uh, kind of like a Blade Runner-ish sort of world, you know? It actually reminded me of Akira, and, like in a good way, you know? Like they're all very poor, they have to steal to survive and stuff. I, I don't know, it's, it, it sounded very much they're like They're all Akira. slaves of the Loch Ness Monster, and they have to go <laughs> get them as Tree Fitty. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so it didn't remind me of anything because I couldn't fucking see anything. That's okay. The now here's this, this is scene. one of our very first breaking points in the movie. Is I actually kind of like this opening scene. You did not. I'll let you go first with this, Parker. It is my least favorite scene in the movie. This opening scene made me think like, oh, we're in trouble because all these jokes are bad. Everyone's just every line of dialogue is just exposition. Even though we just had a text crawl with exposition. The action's not very good. It's a pretty boring chase scene. And it's like, oh boy, this this is what I was dreading all along. Now, the other point and then that it like, immediately improves. Sorry. Uh, the other point that you made, uh, and I think this is fair, is that it's very indicative that there were a lot of reshoots in this movie. And this is like a big one that was probably entirely reshoots. Oh, yeah. And you can tell because the one joke that they try about the rock, it's actually whatever. Jesus. That's very much not funny. And there was some extraordinarily obvious exposition. You know, exposition, you're supposed to sort of weave into the narrative, and they just don't do that at all. Like, uh, normally I wouldn't care because it's Star Wars, but, like, you just had a text crawl. Now, here's what actually <laughs> Ten seconds later, you're like, oh, we have to get back, or Proxima Midnight, or whatever this slug lady's name is going to be mad. Oh, but this gang wants this. Oh, jeez, let's drive off. <laughs> it's like, don't forget, I saved you from the prison. So, okay, yeah, I know. You can't just do that. It's like, it's like, don't forget, your middle name is whatever. It's like, don't, don't do this. Anymore. It's weird to make a prequel, but still put it like in the middle. So it's it like all tough. this backstory, but also just explaining other backstory now, in dialogue. Now, one of the other things here is that the reason that I liked it is because I sat down thinking immediately, oh, this is going to suck. Uh, I'm not going to enjoy this at all. Fucking console. I never care for this guy at all. And as I was watching, I kept saying to myself in my head, you know, this really isn't that bad. And the opening scene was one where I was just like, I I can immediately identify who the characters are. I know who's going on. I know what's going on. I know what's, you know, the general ideas. I know what they're trying to do with this movie. So stylistically, I know what they're going to do. Obviously, the lighting was not great. But I was like, okay, this is what the movie is going to be like. It's not going to mislead me or anything. And indeed, it does not. I gotta tell you, maybe it's because I had low expectations, but overall, I didn't really have a problem with the opening scene. Yeah, this is easily the least excited I've ever been for a Star Wars movie. And that includes being a little kid and being like, 
well, episode one and two were bad, but maybe three will be really good, and I should go see it. Like, there was just nothing. If it wasn't for this podcast, I probably would have forgotten it came out. Uh, Parker Wheel which makes says a lot. Uh, we could talk about uh, three years past. Let me tell you something. Three years. It's, I, it flew by. But after it, it flew by, I think I kind of immediately put it out of my mind. I was just like, boy, a lot must have changed in those three years. Because, like, Amelia Clark shows up again. I was like, wait, should they be, like, really, really happy to see each other? And they're, like, nowhere near. It's like, oh, it's been three years. And a lot must have changed. So that's on me for not paying attention as much as I should have. I mean, I can't imagine anybody being happy to see Amelia Clark in anything. But uh, <laughs> look, she's fine in throw. Game of Thrones and nothing else. Who is she on Are Game of sure Thrones? But to be that, fair, uh, are we sure about that? I mean, I've only watched two seasons of Game of Thrones, and she was fine in them. I've watched one. She was not fine in Terminator Genesis, but also, I don't blame anyone for Terminator Genesis because Jesus is that a movie? Well, I just. I can't believe I got suckered into seeing that by this Super Bowl ad of Arnold headbutting the helicopter out of the air. That is, like, the most <laughs> effective a trailer I've ever seen. That's like, right, yeah. So, I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, Star Wars is a character-driven sort of franchise here. Let's talk about the characters. One might say the same four characters for 40 that's years. That's true, that's true. Now, uh, we're going to get four more years of Soul movies now that you've said that. Let's talk about yes. the characters in this movie. How do we feel about Alden Ehrenreich? as Han Solo. Now, Alex, I'm actually very happy you're here because you were a big fan of Hail Caesar. I fucking love Hail Caesar. I was kind of middling on it, but Mr. Aaron Reek had my favorite scene in it where he's doing the vocal lessons with Ray Fiennes. That's my favorite scene in the whole movie. So simple. Leave it twa. Leave it Like, I really... Like, all the shit came out about him needing an acting coach on set. I don't understand I, that because I, he's, he's been in I totally got that. I totally got that during the movie. They didn't get I'm him an acting a, coach to teach him how to act. They got him an acting coach to teach him how to act like Harrison Ford, which is yeah, impossible. That's, that's like, what I was thinking. Someone came in like, hey, you need to I tell. do this. And so, overall, and, I think and, it was effective. I'll just say that right now. I, I, I think thought, it was effective. I thought he was really good in this. I thought he was really good at playing Han Solo and really average at playing young Harrison Ford. And I think a Correct. lot of Star Wars fans wanted him to be young Harrison Ford and are just mad that that person has never existed and will never exist, except for when Harrison Ford was young. I'll, I'll, Star Wars fans fucking hate Star Wars. That's what I've learned over I, the I last think we have years. learned that, yes. Now, I will defend this in some capacity in the sense that, yes, there were some very obvious differences. I think it was almost like Uncanny Valley-ous, you know? Like, the, the closer he gets to being, like, Harrison Ford, the more the differences stand out. Like, the smile is completely different. That's one of the things the other Alex did not like his smile. It's like that troll face thing from 4chan. It was his smile. It's just like, <laughs> like that. And she did not enjoy it. She said he was kind of smarmy in that way. I was like, yeah, the original Harrison Ford was never smarmy. But uh, in here, it's like, whenever he comes like just a little bit closer to Harrison Ford, I kind of like it because I think there are a lot of differences. And if you watch this and then watch A New Hope right after, I think you'd say like, yeah, you can tell that some time has passed and he's hardened in some capacity, you know? Yeah, absolutely. The people who just wanted him to be like, there were people who just wanted someone who could literally do a good Harrison Ford impression. Like, what? Why do you go to movies? Exactly. I don't understand. I thought one of the best things this movie did was, like, when you started out, you had this character who had, like, these flashes of, you know, that Han Solo swagger, but, like, clearly wasn't there yet, and, like, had him build that throughout the movie. And it really wasn't, like, an origin story of how the character of Han Solo came to be Han Solo. And you got really got to see his personality develop throughout the movie. 
Like, I I was really impressed with that because I feel like a lot of movies fail at doing that when you've got this character that's supposed to be larger than life, that being able to deconstruct them and then build them back up is really, really difficult. And I think that's exactly what they did. I think that that's, I think you're right. That's really the reason that this movie works for me. You know? Now, unfortunately, a lot of people have described this movie as fine or pretty good. I think it's better than that. I, I really do think that it's better than that. I think it does everything that it ought to have done and even a little bit more. Chris, I, I think it's pretty good, but I'm worried... By this time next week, I will have forgotten a large chunk of it. Chris, what I said to you when we walked to the theater was, so that's the third best Star Wars movie, huh? Yeah. And I still feel that way after thinking about it for a couple days. Because it's the first Star Wars movie in a long time that gave me exactly what I wanted. In that you have characters, they have a mission, the mission's like kind of cool and kind of dangerous. They go to interesting places in the galaxy. They see weird shit. They just like sort of like bask in the world and then it ends and like that's exactly what I want from Star Wars everybody like loves to focus on this whole Jedi and the Sith good and evil thing you know like the boring part for 8 year olds (laughs) and that's like not at all what I want from this really really cool world that just happens to have these stories in it well the other thing is it reminds me of A New Hope they give you a character they set you know kind of set him on his journey he meets interesting folk along the way and he has himself a little adventure that's what I'm talking about. And they do that in this movie. In a way, this was more like A New Hope than even The Force Awakens was to me. Now, I will admit, I did like The Force Awakens quite a bit. I think that's a pretty damn good movie. I think this and Force Awakens are kind of fighting for number three, in my opinion. I'm not sure where the Star Wars Holiday Special falls in line there, but, you know, those movies are all up there. Yeah, this is probably in my four or five, but I feel like it's going to go up if I see it again. Because for a movie that's two hours and 15 minutes, it is very brief. Oh, yeah, it goes It goes by by, real quick. That was the It's kind of clunky in the beginning. Like, there's a lot of four stuff in the beginning. Like, hey, let me put your gun together here. Here's your blaster. Y'all remember this blaster? Hey, guys, you see these dice? Guys, these dice. Do you remember the dice? The dice are important. Let's not talk ever again about the scene where he gets his name. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, Hondo, lads. Now, it's real bad. to be fair, that was I, I slid down in my chair once. I think Alex noticed it. Uh, I did not slide down at that point because I wasn't entirely embarrassed by that scene because I expected something that idiotic. Because, uh, like, yeah, I mean, if they had just named him, uh, I was like, oh, what's your name? Solo, Han Solo, and then just played, like, the James Bond theme song, I actually was expecting something that stupid. <laughs> the fact that this movie started with him in, like, his... 20s will say and never as a kid automatically gives it an extra star oh yeah because like agreed you know i grew up as a big star wars loser and there were all those eu books and a bunch of them were about like all these characters past i didn't read them i don't care i don't care about the people i like as kids or how he got his blaster i just want to see cool space adventures like when they first announced like hey we're gonna do seven eight nine and between that we're gonna do these standalone movies i was like fuck yeah give me some movies Without the Sith, or the Empire, or the Resistance, or the Jedi, or whatever. Just give me these weird space movies. And Rogue One was not that. But this one finally was what I wanted four years ago. We'll get to Rogue One in a second, but one of the other things uh, I mentioned... We don't have to. Wasn't it NES Kess or whatever who made some sort of joke about how he wished that Episode <laughs> 3 had ended with uh, a young Han Solo walking in and looking at the babies oh of Leia and Luke? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's a throwback. Uh, I, I think just he said a reminder like that, that anyone that says that Disney's ruining Star Wars and they wish George Lucas would come back should probably kill themselves. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, no, just have him come back. It's not like he ever made Indiana Jones four or anything. Now, Parker, before I get to the rest of the characters, a little shield for myself here. Talk about putting myself (laughs) on the side of certain people. I'm choosing the side of Joshua and Brody. I don't know if his middle initials. I'm just going to say it. Now, you know, every single person I've talked to that really likes Solo, a Star Wars movie, besides Alex, you know what they, you know what else they all enjoyed? They really liked Rogue One. So, congrats. Mm. You this know is the flag I enjoy the last 20 minutes of Rogue One. Yeah, I have tight. not been able to make it through that movie again in one sitting. It is... Oh, boy. Look, there's something to be said about that theatrical experience. Oh, okay. Sometimes it's just right. Mm-hmm. You see it with a packed crowd yep. full of other big sweaty people. Mm-hmm. They're all clapping at every single oh, reference. Yeah, boy, were there a lot of them. And boy, were they clapping. And then you watch it at home on your TV and you go, Oh, I don't care about any of these people. Why is Saul Guerrero just standing there talking about the dream? He's like, all right, just leave me to die in my Mad Max armor, I guess. <laughs> Thank you, it's not Parker, for talking about characters. Because we should get back to the rest of the characters. Let's talk about Tobias. Second, you did Max. this just to trick me. Did we like Woody Harrelson in this movie? I thought he was perfectly fine, perfectly serviceable, pretty much everything I was hoping for. I thought he was the best part of this. Oh, really? I wish he was going to be in the yes. future ones. By the way, shout out to whoever did the trailer for this movie and didn't tell you, hey, you're going to get a full movie of Woody Harrelson in space. How do you not put that through? How do you not convey that message? Parker, you mentioned you, a while ago to tra- me that this is the worst trailer you think you've ever seen. Now, I think it's How do most- you not tell me that Donald Glover and Woody Harrelson and Chewbacca are going to go on space missions? Instead, you just go, hey guys, there's the Millennium Falcon. Do you remember that? You try introducing new characters to Star Wars fans. These people are more (laughs) averse to change than the most reactionary politicians we've ever had. Oh, you're absolutely right. The number of people who want Episode Nine to go, actually, Ray was really a Skywalker, (laughs) makes me want to die. Now, truly the worst people. I gotta tell you, what I liked about (laughs) Tobias Beck is he was he was kind of like Long John Silver, you know, from uh, like Treasure Island. Parker, with Robert Louis Stevenson, something, any, okay, whatever. He was uh, really good. He was a space no. <laughs> no. The next character. Oh, is he Iron Man? <laughs> All right. So the next character we're going to talk about is. Oh, shit. Wait, how do you say her name? Sorry. Amelia Clark's character? It's Kira. 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 Like, night, like Knightley, except there's a Q for some reason. I was thinking about Death Note. And anyway, an apostrophe. Uh, I'm firmly on Alex's side here. Boy, I do not like Amelia Clark. Uh, one of my favorite things about this movie is I was watching it, and again, I'm having a good. I think I'm having the best time of anyone in the theater, although I didn't clap at the end. When I was watching it, I was like, Coward. "Boy, I like all these characters. They're having fun, and he's shooting like a laser gun, and he just like killed that robot, and I got to transport this unobtainium into the ship or whatever." And then Amelia Clark says something. I feel like she's not great, but she would be better served as a villain, which we don't get until the last 30 seconds of Surprise, I'm Actually Evil. Maybe I'll be good next movie. Goodbye. You know, like, she's serviceable in Game of Thrones. I'm not going to say she's good. She's she's better in that role. Chris, do you remember? Oh my god, I miss you, but not really. (laughs) Chris, do you remember what I said to you immediately after the credits rolled? No, I wasn't. Is that the real Chewbacca? No. <laughs> Before they... <laughs> no, I said, I can't believe that Seth MacFarlane found the one A-list actress on the planet to marry who has less talent than him. <laughs> Boy, he's right. Which is 
it's really how I feel about Amelia Clark in everything she's in. Like, she has the same facial expression in everything. Her mouth moves in this, like, weird O way where she always looks like she's trying to take a bite out of a donut. Like, it's... (laughs) I... She infuriates me. And just, like, seeing her on screen, like, immediately made me think I was gonna hate this movie that I had talked myself and it made me think it would be okay. And then she was gone, and I'm like, cool, I hope she doesn't come back to the end, and she's like a prisoner or something, and we see her for two more scenes, and then we got, like, another hour and 20 minutes of her, and I was like, oh. I can safely say this. I oh. know why they put Amelia Clark in this movie. They're trying to. Yeah. It's, it's Crossbrand, you know. They're they're trying to get like the Game of Thrones crowd and stuff like that. And I respect it. And look, that show's hustle. ending. She's trying to she's trying to hop on that next cash I, cow. I can, I can totally see. Oh no, why. my my money maker's like, what's that Star Wars one? Let me just. Uh, but she did. Yeah, uh, she's the one who needs an acting coach. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Maybe that was just cover. They're oh like, yeah, yeah, you're actually working with Amelia. Like, yeah. <laughs> Amelia, I, I did think it was funny though when, when they had. Uh, they had her scene at the end with the uh, the character that Game of Thrones ripped the Night King off from. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is cute. Like, are they trying to twist the knife? But... Oh, man. Now, let's talk about a big one here. This is going to be one of uh, the bigger and better parts of this discussion here. Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. I thought Donald Glover killed it. I thought he was fantastic. I thought so he did good. an incredible vocal impression of Billy D. Williams, and that's exactly what I'm looking for. I love how he had an accent in one scene and then it just vanished. Reshoots yes. are awesome. Yeah, I noticed that, that too. Okay. There were a couple scenes he's just kind of talking, and then there's other scenes like, oh, you are very specifically doing Billy D. Williams. Yeah, when he's doing Billy D. Williams, you can tell, and you're like, wow, he, he must have worked really hard on that. And by some point, it was just like, look, I have to do this on a weekend. You know, I could shoot this and get it over with. Uh, we should also briefly mention the controversy here. <laughs> that's a word you can use yeah. we could just not ever mention we it again could, and just let those people it, fuck know, off forever we, we are journalists really uh, in some capacity so we, we have to mention both sides well, of the aisle here. yeah exactly here the answer lies somewhere <laughs> in the middle both sides are equally to blame So exactly radicals on both sides of the pansexual space very movie. fine people on both sides <laughs> Lando Calrissian is pansexual uh, Alex, tell me what pansexual means, because I'm not going to Google it. means he fucks it. robots. Yeah, he fucks robots. Here's the thing. If they had never written an article that used the word pansexual, and they had just released the movie, and they had just done what the movie does, which is, like, kind of vaguely, subtly implies that he fucked the robot, then, like, no one would have complained. No one would have said a word, you know? Like, there's no Sean Hannity radio show saying, like, this is the future that they want for, sorry, I'm doing a Rush Limbaugh right now. In fact, I you know what? I'm going to do the full Rush Limbaugh. Just do it. Just, just dive just in, baby. Hold up. I gotta I gotta get up the exact uh, words. Tell us how you feel about Donovan McNabb, dude. At the exact <laughs> first of all, the liberal media they want a black quarterback to survive in this league. It just doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. Not here, ladies and gentlemen. The liberal drive-by media wants us to believe that Han Solo, or whichever one of these characters, I can't keep up with all of them, would fuck someone like Watto. That's just not in the Constitution, folks. Folks, we're going to have to take a station break. We're going to come back. Parker, tell me which Star Wars character Lando Calrissian would not have sex with in this new Ruin Johnson version. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I hate this. I listen to I way enough too of this much on Twitter because I'm always by, online. By my dad. Is this a recurring character now? It I'm might have to be. I've done it. T- I've done. I've done the the, the Limbaugh thing twice. 
<laughs> Ruin Johnson. <laughs> Fucking. It's a movie for children. Just watch something else. God damn. Wait for your serious, Parker. Is there any character I don't want that Lando would not fuck? Look, I all I know is in Empire Strikes Back, he comes out sashaying around with that cape. And then Return of the Jedi, when he's flying the Falcon, he's wearing Han's clothes. So I always assumed he was just fucking everything. Now, you say well, that. I, I can think of one character that... that Space that, Hillary Clinton. That Lando wouldn't fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, two characters. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> what about that flappy fucking alien that wants to fuck Chewbacca or whatever the fuck she wants oh, to geez. fuck? Oh, <laughs> that thing? Poor Lupita Nyong'o. <laughs> Meshing Hillary Clinton on Tatooine, passing out, trying to get in a land speeder. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they land speed on down to the poles. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Just set that right on the tee for him. Yeah, Thank you know what? If you underhand it to me, I gotta hit it out of the park. <laughs> uh, I will say this. I, I like Lando in this movie. I think he's uh, an entertaining character. He wasn't in it as much as I would have liked, though. So... If there's a Lando spinoff movie, I'm probably going to watch it. Yeah, here's the thing with that. So, of course, there's an interview. It's like, hey, would you consider doing a spinoff of this popular character? And like, yeah, you know, we're not saying no to anything, which turns into possible Lando movie in the future. Yeah, because point, yeah. film journalism is the worst. But after seeing it, if you're telling me I could have 90 minutes of Donald Glover hustling aliens in poker games, like, yeah, I'm kind of in. Yeah, just go for that. I'd, I'd be down, you know? On the surface, I'm super, super in on that. But then when I think about it, it's going to have the same problem. Like, what I think the biggest problem Solo had was, and that's that you take a mostly one-dimensional character from another property and try to flesh it out. And then we're just a degree removed from that. So we're just taking a character that has, like, four throwaway lines in the original trilogy, and now he has to have two hours worth of personality. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I have faith in that. I can understand your apprehension on this. So are you saying you wouldn't watch a C-3PO spinoff movie? (laughs) <laughs> there that is, is my no- personal hell <laughs> Jesus If they make it, I will be their opening night But not for the right reasons <laughs> Well you reasons. are a Star Wars correspondent I, One of our favorite, <laughs> hey this boy he is Yeah, We almost got we almost got KD3 on this Because he's read the books <laughs> Could he not <laughs> reach the microphone? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me Down here <laughs> I'm just stacking up the fucking Thrawn bike so we can stand on the Great Kazoo. Because <laughs> he's small. Little green ghouls. Ghouls, little green ghouls walking around talking about the EU. <laughs> oh, it's a good thing he doesn't listen to this. <sighs> oh, man. Uh, we're good people. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to our next character here. It, uh, well, yeah, it's, it's time. Uh, yeah, let's get it over with. Don't say Chewbacca. Yeah, I was a, say it. Fuck, I was say, say what Chewbacca. you want to say. Chewbacca is also I in this. Okay. That was a cute little her reveal. Name that was fine. Is, she's a, she's an android, and she her name is L three, and nothing else. Well, what's her, what's her full name? Uh, yeah, what's her name? Curiosity. Her name is L three hyphen three seven. That's, now, Chris, you're not a gamer, so you wouldn't understand that reference. But it actually says "leet." If you can fucking cool? see my face right now, <laughs> isn't that if cool? You, God, that—that's your favorite character in Star Wars, as you said. I, I too love the leet robot. 
Which of Leet's lines were the most epic to you? I don't get it, you know? I really don't get it because, like, when I was in high school, I was a jock. I, how does how does fortune reverse this quickly? Personally, I was a huge fan of when the robot talked down to the black guy about oppression. Uh, but, uh, that was pretty cool. That was the scene that immediately I want to turn to you and say, is that Lupita Nyong'o doing her voice? <laughs> I'm glad that every robot and alien in every movie is now Lupita Nyong'o. It is, yeah, that's exactly one what it's going to be. Every time you see some tentacled ghoul in a werewolf mask, you're like, wait a second. <laughs> How dare you? Now, unfortunately, you know what I thought of as soon as she was, she was doing, they were doing like droid fighting or whatever, and she was talking about, you know, hey, you can't just like enslave these people, it's terrible. And I was like, hey, yeah, right on, sister. Unfortunately, you know what I immediately thought of? I thought of fucking Hermione Granger talking about house elves. <laughs> Your brain worms are so powerful. I know. <laughs> I used to be a jock, now I'm watching Star Wars thinking, oh, this is just like in Harry Potter. <laughs> How's that brain working? Throwing space socks to that robot that looks like an air conditioner. Now, first of all, I want to just say say this on record, and I will not use my Rush Limbaugh voice for this. L three is black. Folks, we here apologize for Miss Barr's tweets about L three. You you mean you mean like after she gets blown in half and there's only three fifths of her left? No, Jesus Christ. Oh my god. <laughs> 40 parsecs in a mule. <laughs> oh. oh, Jesus. <laughs> this happens every time. <laughs> What's wrong with us? <laughs> it's like a treat for the listeners. Just go with it. Alright, yeah. Um... Here's where the fight starts. Look, I thought she was good. I don't know that I would say that she was funny. Obviously, she was trying to be funny a lot of time. It didn't work out, but she had a personality. Maybe, again, this is a comparison thing. Compare her to someone like C-3PO. She's a hell of a lot better than C-3PO. So you're saying that this comic relief character wasn't funny, and it's your favorite character? She wasn't as funny as she could have been. Here's the thing. I bet in the uh, Christopher Miller and Phil Lord version... I bet that she was really, really funny in that, and then Ron Howard took away all the funniness. Yeah, I don't believe that for a second. Sorry. (laughs) There's so much. I wish I could see what that movie looked like. It was almost done. That's the thing. I keep thinking about it. This movie was good. Pretty good. Damn good, even. But not excellent. Not even great. I think the Miller and Lord version would have been fantastic. You can definitely feel like after the trade sequence, when they go to get Lando, like... Oh, the rest of this movie is just Ron Howard's movie. Like, everything before that seemed a little bit cut together. But I feel like after that scene especially, it's full-on 100% Ron Howard. Yeah, everything from Space Snowpiercer on. Like, yeah. it's <laughs> just, like, it's it's a very linear, like, dedicated movie that's getting from point A to point B, no matter, like, whether you like it or not. And, like, that train thing is another reason I really enjoyed the world of Star Wars, because, logistically, why would the Empire need a train yeah. in space? But it doesn't matter because it's a cool set it piece. It is a really cool set piece. So I just thought ignore that it. Really well. Um, other characters we have to talk. Uh, Chewbacca was in this. Also, I can't believe had... they retcon Chewbacca to eat people. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of weird. <laughs> I've waited my whole adult life to watch Chewbacca just murder people with his bare wookie hands. It finally happened. <laughs> well, uh, they also had Paul Bettany as Dryden Voss. 
Uh, Would it have killed them to spring for Matthew McConaughey in this role? Oh good point, good imagine? point. Um, I think it actually would have killed them. This movie already cost them $300 million. <laughs> You're already $300 million in. What's $3 million more? Like, it's like pocket change at that point. Well, exactly. They've got like eight other sequels coming out well, this I year. I tell you, I, th- Don't I make it back. did a fine job. My biggest problem with his performance is that he wasn't Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Like, legitimately. Okay, like, that I, can, is my I can say that about most actors. I'm just gonna, I'll defend him. I thought he was fine. It was nice seeing Warwick Davis again. We didn't talk about the best character, which is Clint Howard running droid BattleBots in a space war. <laughs> that was so good. That I made me so, so happy. Droid BattleBots. I instantly, like, started sitting up in my seat like, okay, movie, now yeah. we're talking. Yeah. Got a little gross Clint Howard just making robots fight to the death. <laughs> Like, that's, that's what I want in these movies. I don't need the Sith and the Jedi in the Empire. I just need weird shit like that going on. Because that's what this world should be. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, are there any other set pieces that you guys really liked? Uh, I liked that there was just a random giant space monster. That was tight. Like, it had nothing to do with anything, but I just appreciate that it was there. And it looked cool. Exactly. I I enjoyed the uh, with the elite robot releasing all the robot slaves who then released the regular slaves. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I did chuckle a couple times. The, at the fucking, robots just running on top of the, <laughs> the fucking the fucking air conditioner with legs jumping up and down on the panel. That was, was like the, the hardest I laughed. That, at. that was like the one scene that I actually laughed out loud at. Yeah, I was dying me. at that. <laughs> I don't think any other scene actually made me laugh, which is a shame. Besides maybe. Uh, Fucking Han Solo said, oh, right over there is a Millennium Falcon. I got all these different men who are going to come out of there and just gets up and flies away. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's just the same with everything under the Disney umbrella. There will be a lot of jokes, and I will laugh at two or three for the most part. And that's just how it goes now. Sucks to suck, but... Yeah, I'm not I've watching what, these movies. 19 Marvel movies? Say, like, yeah. I, I'll say two moments that I really did not like here. Uh, the first one was uh, involved Amelia Clark, shocker, and it's when they're stealing the. Uh, they call it coaxium. First of all, what the fuck is that? Coaxium. It's like unobtainium. It's like ah, uh, yeah, we have to steal this chemical that you can plug into the back of your old TV, and it's the scene where she takes out one of these guys, and they do it all behind this closed door, and like in, through the window, you can just see her cape moving, and they're like, "What is that?" And she's like, "Oh, this self defense thing I learned from some sort of space guy, or whatever." fucking show me. You don't just get to say oh it happened behind closed doors and it was really cool if only you guys could have seen. It's a movie. Show, don't uh, tell. That when, scene, when you cast Amelia Clark, you don't get to do that. That's a good point. That's, I'm very okay, happy you brought that up. Because she says, ah, oh, I learned Terrace Kasi and for some reason I froze like, I know that name from something terrible. And then I learned later in my research, Masters of Terrace Kasi was the horrendous PS1 fighting Star Wars game. <laughs> 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 really shitty Mortal Holy Kombat ripoff. Oh, no. It made me real happy. Oh my like, god! That, is, that sounds that like is a Lord and Miller joke. That is definitely a Lord and Miller joke. Yeah. That is a hundred percent. They they left that. That is in. a Lego Movie ass joke that stayed in there. Oh my god! If I that had made known me that, real if happy. I had known that, I, I guarantee I would have laughed really hard. I yeah, same. Holy shit! Thank God for the, thank like, you for that. That's the best one of the podcast so far. Uh, the other lie, the, the one thing that made me slide down my chair because I was embarrassed to be seen there with two different Alexes. Uh, was the line where she says, "Your hero, Han Solo." And he says, "No, I'm de- definitely oh my not God. that." And it was just like, if he all they had to do was just even continue with like, "I'm not a hero. I'm Shadow the Hedgehog." Look into the camera and play <laughs> that music. 
Where's that damn coaxium? <laughs> it's very, very easy for me to picture Al Narenreich doing the Dwight stare into the camera. <laughs> like... <laughs> are, are you a Jedi or a Sith Lord? I'm neither. <laughs> I'm a hobbit. Uh, Sorry. Uh, it's fine. Uh, you know what? I like the music. Music was good, but it's Star Wars music, music so shocker. Yeah. I think my favorite thing about the Star Wars series as a whole is how many musical callbacks they'll have. Like in the end when fucking Maul shows up. There's just that little bitty bit of Duel of the Fates that played in episode one, which is like the best part of that entire movie. Mm-hmm. I love the musical callbacks that will happen. Like if someone mentions Darth Vader in a movie, they'll just play a couple notes from his theme. I love it. I love it so much. And they'll play it right, too. It's not just like every single night. They'll play it like really so. Like, mm. like no horns. Just like, like it's just subtle. like it's a thought. It's just his presence seems to be there. Now, yes. Parker, I'm looking at the casting. There were other choices for Hanslow besides Alden Eric. They also have Some uh, of these are good, too. Yeah. Now, which one do you think is better? Dave Franco? Scott oh Eastwood? Miles... Oh, my God. Miles Teller? Kilometer Gillette? Ansel Elgort? <laughs> my boy Ansel. None. That None would have been such a bad movie. <laughs> like, man... Yeah, all those are real bad. Ansel would still be working with the acting coach, trust me. Well, okay, so I'm looking at who they almost cast as the female lead. You know, I would have totally seen this if it was Zoe Kravitz instead of uh, Amelia Clark. Man. That would have been real good. I'm a fan, I'm a fan. Literally anyone in this role. You could have given me (laughs) Penelope Cruz's annoying-ass accent. I would have taken that. Can we just say, for the record, how happy we all are cumulatively that we did not see Jabba the Hutter, Boba Fett? In this oh, movie? that's a really that's the thing. It's like okay, those two of my biggest fears. So well, we got we got the big allusion to Jabba the Hutt. So yeah, yeah well, but you look, know. I'll take offhanded references. Yeah. you talked about Rogue One earlier. When those fucking dudes from the cantina show up and look directly into the camera and say the same line from New Hope. Yeah, yeah, I'll take someone just nice. mentioning going to tattooing. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. It's fine. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Jabba right. the Hutt is the biggest crime lord in like the entire galaxy. I, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need him showing up and going, ah, someday Solo, and like shaking his hands. Oh, <laughs> so here's the thing: is uh, Alex told me, and folks, we are getting into a spoiler now. So if you don't want to hear it, then. Fuck you, I guess. Oh, I totally spoiled uh, it earlier. We're, we're going to have to yeah, say it. It's been spoiled twice already. Has it really? Oh, <laughs> oh don't care. Uh-huh. We've said the words Darth Maul like four times. Okay, I was not paying attention. Anyway, uh, so Alex tells me before this movie starts up, she's like, hey, uh, there's a, a Star Wars character in this. And I was like, oh, which one? And she was <laughs> like, Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, not Han Solo or she <laughs> It's like, it's someone you know. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it's, it's whoever. And I was like, oh, is this going to be... Uh, who is it going to be? Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? I'm looking. I'm looking really hard. I'm like, I wonder if it's going to be a cameo, and if I'm not paying attention, I'll miss it, you know. And I'd be really embarrassed. I kept thinking, is it going to be Darth Vader? I kept looking for him. No, it's not Darth Vader. I kept thinking it was going to be uh, Bubba Fett, and uh, did not see Bubba Fett in there. So when it was finally Darth Maul, I was like, oh, okay, I'm fine with it. I think I'm okay with it for this reason. 
uh, he was the one thing that I really liked about episode one. Because I saw it when I was like nine years old, and I couldn't follow a single thing about it, personally because it was bad. Correct. But when I saw Darth Maul, I was like, that guy's pretty cool. Look at Ray Park jumping around. He's in a little thing over there. That's awesome. That is so cool. It's like a double lightsaber. I was like, I want them to bring him back. Oh, they killed him. I think even Lucas knew that he fucked that up real bad. Mm-hmm. So you never they brought him back him in not. the Clone Wars cartoon yeah. and Rebels. Yeah. Like he's been back exactly. for a while. So that's what I'm thinking. It's like you never stuff. actually see him die. So he's back now. And tell you what, I'm fine with it. I didn't necessarily need to hear his voice, but you know what? That is pretty cool. I hope he's back in the next Solo movie. Man, also, can... shouts out to them getting Ray Park back, so we can do more flippy stuff. Oh, in the very yeah. happy for that. Yes. I, I actually can one up you on that. Oh. On the uh, but I I knew I also like knew that there was a cameo coming. and didn't know what it was, but like I, I knew the movie was hitting close to the end of the runtime, so I started looking for it. Oh really? Because like I knew something was gonna happen at the end, and when they when they get on the fucking pleasure yacht at the end on the the refinery planet, the guy in the like the guard in the suit sounds exactly like Yoda, and I was like, oh no. Oh please no! And like I just like I was like panic stricken for like thirty five seconds, and then Darth Maul came on screen. I was like, oh thank God, it's not fucking Yoda. That would have been weird if it was Yoga. If yeah, was Yoda. that's what I was saying. Yeah, like, that boy, that just would it wouldn't even have been like bad. Like it definitely wouldn't have been good, but it would have been just weird. It's like what the hell is this? It just one? would have been one of those like, ugh. That's like a great. symbol that yeah. you don't. We had to, huh? It's like that doesn't that doesn't belong there. Like, I went into this movie like, okay, I have no excitement for it, but Ron Howard can make a competent movie. At worst, this will be fine. Disney has some quality control. They're not going to put out fucking Justice League. In fact, this will feel more or less like a movie. And now I really want to see a sequel that involves Darth Maul running a crime syndicate. Yeah. I'm in. I'm, I'm very much in, and I did not expect that to happen. Yeah, I... I was tricked. I am, like, shocked at how much I enjoyed this. Like, I went in and, like, I intentionally avoided a lot of information about this movie just because it's more fun to go in blind. And I really didn't know what to expect other than I'd heard a lot of mixed things and was expecting something kind of average and got way more than I expected. was really, really happy with that. Like, I I can't get over, like, how pleasantly surprising this movie was. It definitely was pleasantly surprising. Oh, God. I think I'll like it more going back because I was very much rubbing against like the first act where they just kept being like, "Well, here's how we got his name. Here's another close-up of the dice. Here's the gun." Yeah, that um, was very much. I kept thinking of your opinion on Spider-Man: Homecoming, where it's like, "All right, I'm really into this movie. I've really liked these characters. I like." There's Tony Stark again. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess yeah, I'll wait. I, think I guess I'll I wait to get back to the movie I liked. That's what a lot of what I was thinking of there. Yeah, it, but I feel like going back in, I'm like, okay, like it gets, but that stops. Yeah. Just sit back and enjoy it. I'll like it. It's, it might move up to three for me. It's really impressive that they managed to build an entire movie around like four throwaway one-liners from the original trilogy, because that's basically what this movie is. That's correct. Like, yes. yes, it's like these are your four plot points. Fill in the blanks, and they filled in the blanks very, very well, and made it so it actually felt, for the first time since A New Hope, like you're actually watching a standalone movie, that. Yeah. Doesn't it doesn't need anything before or after? It's just a movie that exists. This is what I got on movies. Like fuck yes, just pick a spot in the galaxy. Like if they made the same movie but without Han Solo, same reaction. Still, uh, still really enjoy it. Like this is what I've wanted. When they first announced Rogue One, it was like, oh yeah. shit, it's gonna be about like the Rogue Squadron and all these t- X-wing pilots doing cool shit. It's like, oh actually, it's not that at all. It's a story that doesn't need to be told. 
nope. <laughs> here's here's Blind Donnie Yen with a robot for some reason. And they, he has a stick. Isn't that cool? Don't you like sticks, guys? Am I not allowed to like Donnie Yen? <laughs> Donnie Yen is fine. He was the best part of the third Triple X movie. That is correct. Well, <laughs> I mean, second best behind Ice Cube showing up. That's a what launcher. a trophy to have. <laughs> fair, fair. Boy, you know what, Parker? While you guys were talking, I went and I watched uh, on silent the uh, trailer for for uh, Solo again. You're right. That's that is a terrible trailer. It that doesn't is not sell at all representative. About this movie. I think it's the most forgettable trailer. Yeah. Now that's the thing is like a lot of trailers they suffer from telling you too much. Like I saw the Christopher Robin trailer and I feel like I get to check that one off on Letterbox now because now I know the I entire movie. Don't understand like they cut a trailer that's basically you guys know isn't that what you wanted? <laughs> Didn't do a great job apparently. No, it certainly I mean, is not. It, it, to to take the other side here on that one. Isn't that exactly what most people that see Star Wars movies wanted? Is there is there is there really like crossover appeal? Like, are you just gonna get like regular people that are like, oh, that's that Star Wars movie trailer looked interesting. Let's see that. I don't think that happens. God. Like, I think at this point you're either seeing every Star Wars movie or seeing none of them. Like, I don't think there's anybody that you're grabbing for just this movie. I don't think those people exist. Okay, yeah, you're probably right, but I'm also not particularly interested in what most people want from Star Wars, because most people who watch Star Wars have brain warps. I, compl I completely agree, but it's a movie trailer. It's appealing to the lowest common denominator. That's the point of a movie trailer. All right, I, I think that's fair enough. Uh, not a good enough job, I guess, which I have to say, how embarrassing. I mean, how ashamed do you have to be? Like... Come on, guys. It's it's Memorial Day weekend. This should have been the day to see movies, and apparently no one was just going to go see this movie. I mean, you say no one. This was still, like, a pretty solid gross. It's yeah, only, but it it's not what they were so, looking for, I guess. It only looks so bad because of the budget of the movie. This movie's going to make its money back. Well, it's not just the, it's not just the budget. Like, I mean, I, I would think, and I would have thought, and I still do think, that a movie based around one of the most popular characters, not as good as L3, but still pretty good in its own right, would have got a lot more viewers than it did. I love Ron Howard just shrugging like, well, it's my highest ever opening, so <laughs> cool beans. <laughs> Yeah, because that's Star Wars of the title. Hey, whatever works, works. Man, speaking of Ron Howard, I popped up on that IMDb for the hell of it, because I was just legitimately yeah, curious. you, you forgot. Uh, you know, <laughs> forgot that Osmosis Jones You forgot about three Da Vinci Code movies? He, wait, he did Osmosis Jones? He was one of the voices in oh Osmosis my God. Jones. Oh, speaking of, actually, uh, if you want to see a real fun one, uh, there's a 1962 movie that my family used oh, to right. really like watching. No, 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 no. Really? It was when he was a kid, uh, called The Music Man. And he plays this little kid who has the most, like, obnoxious lisp in the world. He sings a song, and it's really, really funny. So uh, I recommend the you watch The Music Man's that a good movie. I can back you up. Thank you. I love The Music Man. I'm a big, big fan. Kuzumo Sespa in my DeLorean. War's over on my peacetime Mandalorian. Historian stump, Star Wars historians deep in debate, but they play at Benegates. Rhyme Renegade, show to penetrate first and second defense. I won't hesitate, got a job to do when Darcy the guy the delegates got something against Skywalker, someone he really hates. I don't give a fuck. I'm at your solo for all I carry. Could be hiding Yoda's dojo. Gotta make the money, credit's no good. When a job is run a shop in your neighborhood. Think you can cook, I got a grappling hook. Let's make this quick, cause I'm really booked. I'm a devious to Jedi. Red Defender of the Devil shot on all the trash compactors on the D-Touching level My backpacks got jets Well I'm Boba of that fat Well I bounty hunt for Java Hut to finance my 